The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics Welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network on this nice, sunny, you know, I'm such an old person. I get up at like the crack of dawn and go to a supermarket and, you know, and it's not like I'm the only person there that early on a Sunday morning, it's pretty much packed. And that's every Sunday, not just because we're a week away from Thanksgiving, a few days away. I was going to say, that sounds like a Thanksgiving thing, but okay, you said it's like that all the time. It's like that all the time, even early, people just want to get in and get out. I mean, it used to be 24 hours, and now they, you know, they, they close. I, I, I love that about Harris, Peter. Yeah, but, you know, you got to, I mean, you can't just have people working at 1 o'clock in the morning if nobody's showing up. So it is what it is. But anyway, um, good morning. We got uh, Mercedes in the house. Good morning, Mercedes. Good morning, guys. And then we got Odie in the house. Good morning, Odie. Hey, good morning. All right, Odie, what, what you got for us today? So I'm start off. I'm I'm sorry. Like I I know you're trying to be uh, a little bit more uplifting and positive, but I do have some bad news to start off with. Want to say rest in peace to Jan Dolph. Um, I don't remember his last name, but I know his real name was Adolf. Um, and that's thanks to his wife's name because or naming him, and she named him. She called him my name because obviously, why would she call him Dolph? Like that's his rapper name. Um. But rest in peace to that to that young man. Um, I think he was thirty six. I feel like that number is like popping up in my head. Thirty six yeah, or thirty. He was. No, okay, it was thirty six. Okay, I was gonna say thirty six or thirty four, but I know he was in his thirties. Um, father to I believe two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two children. Uh, mhm. Um, and he was shot and killed at a place in Tennessee, his, in, in his hometown specifically. Um, he's from Memphis. And uh, he was at this place called Makita's Cookies. Uh, and he, I guess the owner went live and was like, oh, like, yeah, like, you got to make a special trip to come get these cookies. Um, you know, he was supporting, supporting his hometown, you know, and entrepreneur is there. Um, Shortly after that, after she went, or the owner season, I don't remember if that was a man or a woman, but after, shortly after the owner went live, um, his car was, he was targeted and shot and killed. Um, and since then, three men have been charged. Uh, they've been charged with his murder. Now, interestingly enough, um, Wait, hold on. Maybe is this is this okay? Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, too, they were at his vigil. <laughs> wow. Um, they said they shot one person during Young Young Dolph Young Dolph's vigil on Thursday. Um, so I don't know. Is shit. Well, then maybe maybe they're actually not. I actually stand corrected. It looks like they're. The way the articles have read in the past, it, or the, at least the headlines, 
and made it seem like they were arrested in connection to shooting him. Um, but I don't think that he was, that they were actually arrested. They just shot somebody else at his visual, um, which was near the bakery. So they, they found the person who, they found the three people who shot somebody else. So I, it looks like he might actually, but his, his shooter or shooters might still be at large. Um, and I've seen like a couple of things floating around on social media, just like not saying that obviously the owner of the, the bakery um, was involved, but it was like posing the question, like if, if that person hadn't gone live, then maybe he would still be here. But I thought it was like, yeah, I thought like that was a reach. That was a stretch. Um, also too, like, I mean, his car was like very, it was custom. So like, if you saw that car, you knew that it was him. So Especially that's what I was saying. She went live in the bakery. The cookie owner, the cookie bakery owner. See, see I missed that part. I didn't know she went live at any point. I I thought it happened so quickly. He didn't have time to respond. I know there was a video floating around of him standing outside his car talking about how good the cookies were. That right. video was from July. That was an old video. Mm-hmm. And and, and mm-hmm. it went floating around, and people thought it definitely was. It was posted on um, oh, what was the name? What is that? Um, it's one of those rap. Uh, I can't remember the the account, but it's like one of those well known rap accounts. Like they they post about like different rap news and stuff like that. It was July seventh of this year. He was standing outside talking about how good the cookies were, how they were warm. He had pulled by the back. That video was from July. That wasn't a live video from recently. Yeah, that um, was just like a previous testimony that proves yeah, that yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. a customer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I didn't know she, she went live in the bakery. That's that's what's confusing. Yeah, See, I didn't she, know that. She did part. go live in the bakery. Right. Damn. So, I was just like, mm, I feel like that's a stretch because even so, like, you would have to be, I mean, I get, if somebody's going to get you, they're going to get you. Like, they're not going to want to stop whether she went live then or they just happened to drive by. It could have been anybody that drove by that was like, oh, shit, I see Dolph's car outside the bakery. And then whoever was looking for him found him. Um, but as far as these, uh, just to be clear, too, to follow up on the three-shooter story, uh, three men, Terrence Jones, who's 23 years old, Jalen Nelvis, who's 19, and Tavis McQueen, who's 22, they were driving north on Air Airways. I guess that's the street when they fired one shot into the crowd and they struck uh, the victim that was at this vigil. According to the affidavit, Jones was the gunman who fired the shot from the back seat. Officers were already on scene when they followed the meet, probably Damn. because they know that <laughs> they're, honestly, probably young Dolph's killer was probably at that vigil for real. For I guarantee real. you they were, they bowled like that. And we're talking about, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They'll look right in your mom's face and be like, oh, like my condolences or talk to his wife. They'll carry they'll carry your casket. Yep. They'll carry yep. your casket. I I had it happen to a friend of mine. They they don't care. They really don't. They they feel like they're playing the part. Or um, they're it's the guilt eating them up and <laughs> they can't control it. That's true. Combination of all of those things. Um, but the officers were there already on the scene, followed Nissan. The suspects tried to flee. They crashed their car on Car Avenue and Mississippi Boulevard shortly after and began fleeing on foot. Um, and they threw their handguns away. They saw them do it. And um, they were getting out of their vehicle. And, and then they caught some. And they located two handguns on the street, one in a field and one next to a garbage can. Um, and then they also located two firearms inside the car. 
and the Nissan was stolen. So they, they arrested these three guys, three very young men, for doing some wild shit um, at Young Dolph's funeral. So it's it continues to be very senseless. Um, we've kind of talked about Young Dolph's character offline um, a little bit. I know, Mercedes, you said you fucked with him hard. I know a couple of songs, but I, I wouldn't call my, myself a fan by any means. But what I do know is that he was fairly unproblematic. I don't recall hearing anything about him. And that that's not even to say that, like, if he was problematic, he deserved to die by any means. But it just makes it extra senseless when somebody who is a family man and, you know, he dies being a family man and a rapper doing what he loved. It's just like, why? Like, what? You know, and it, it kind of perpetuates that stereotype of like, damn, this is why rappers got to leave their hood because when they try to go back, like people are jealous or whatever, like, and do shit like this. Right. And um, as far as um, Dolph, yeah, I listen to his music all the time. I actually didn't really discover Dolph until um, he came out with the album back in 2016, Rich Crap Baby. And that was like, that was the first album that I heard. Now I did kind of, you know, spin back and listen to some of his older stuff. Um, he also came to a club that um, I used to frequent here in Greenville, South Carolina, back then before Rich Crack Baby, but I didn't know who he was. Um, a couple of strip clubs he performed at down here. But um, um, as far as, um, well, let's, l- let, me, let me go back a little bit. So of course, in the beginning of this whole situation, of course, everybody thought that it was like a gaudy beef with him. And keep in mind, I'm not sure if anybody knew this, but Dolph and Gotti are cousins. They're little blood cousins. And they have been beefing for a very long time. So society, they went straight to Dolph and Black Youngster when it came down to who may have killed him. On top of um, going back to just six days before Dolph got killed, Soldier Boy really, really just ranting about how he can't stand him or whatever. And they, they were beefing about who Jesus. was independent. Yeah. So, and I'll drop that into our chat as well. Um, so everybody tried to say it was Soldier Boy because him and Soldier Boy was beefing about being no fucking way. Soldier Boy is all mouth. He's yeah, he all is. mouth. He is. He he got he. It's a lot of cap to him. Um, but um, so you know, as that died down, um, but when he went into Makeda's cookies and apparently he was followed. Um, somebody said that um it was a fact that he had went by his home that he lives at in Memphis first before he went to Makeda's Cookies. And there was another girl who posted a video of him at the gas station probably about 30, 45 minutes before that. So I guess he was coming from home, gas station, Makeda's. He was, uh, th- there's almost, matter of fact, they, inter- no, I'm not introduced, but um, interviewed one of his close homeboys who was also signed to Empire Records, just like him, was Empire. Oh, I'm not saying that right. Yeah, anyway, it's whatever, Empire, because yeah, I've seen yeah. the meme floating around. Yeah, they um they both got signed, and as you know, Dolph was definitely independent up until his most recent album, um, which is called like Illuminati. I, I can't remember the name of the uh, album right now. While I'm trying to think about what else I'm trying to say, but anyway, so he went to Makeda's Cookies. They feel like he was followed because it was like they pulled up almost right after he got out of the vehicle. Um, like it was minutes later. He wasn't in Makeda's like maybe five ten minutes before it happened. Um, and of course, they said Dolph did have the chance to shoot back, but of course, I mean, let's be real. When you saw some of the guns under surveillance that was released, there was no, he didn't have a chance. He didn't stand a chance. And those people also could have killed the other patrons and the owners of the, of the restaurant. 
Um, the biggest issue that I have, we know Memphis has like a, a terrible crime rate. We also know that Memphis, mm-hmm. certain sides, of, actually Memphis is actually predominantly, predominantly minority too. Um, mm-hmm. And um, even though they arrested some people in connection with the shooting at his vigil, I don't, I hate to say this. I feel like they're never going to find his actual killer unless it's them. You know what's crazy is I did see a meme floating around of a woman and I didn't recognize the woman in the the picture. Um, I definitely had to go to comments for clues, but as soon as I read the comments, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I do remember this lady. Um, And basically the caption said, baby girl, I don't know where you at right now. If you retired or what, but we need you. And it was the lady lady from from First 48. 48. Yeah. Yeah. Because she began people to confess. She 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 gets the people. She does the investigations. They they break down every time. She was really good at her job, that detective. Um, I, sorry, I I can't remember her name, but I did. Remember, I was like, oh yeah, this lady on First Forty Eight. She is really good at her job. Um, but his his wife, which interestingly enough, I have seen conflicting information from various blogs, has said like. Some blogs called her his wife. Some blogs said his partner um, and mother of his children. I'm not really sure what exactly her so, title was, but yeah, either way, the woman married. and his wife. When I read, they, they, I'm they, sorry? They, they had her listed as a partner. Yeah, she. they weren't yeah. married. Yeah. It would have been nice, but they weren't. It really, and that's, honestly, I'm like at 36. You were, you were closer to 40, sir. Like, go ahead and lock that down. I think that's weird. I don't, I don't understand, like, I don't understand, like, if, I mean, I, I don't think that marriage was, I mean, everybody's different, like, some people, that title is going to be important to them, so, but I'm just like, if it is important to one of y'all, then it should happen, it should, especially, like, you're bringing kids into the mix, like, this, this is, for all intents and purposes, your wife, I mean, like, and so angry. A lot of his side chicks started coming out. He had like four side chicks come out since this shit happened. Uh, see, so I don't know if y'all uh, saw it, but it was this one girl. She was like, I've been knowing Dow since before he had baby boy, which is their oldest child with his partner or whatever. And I yeah, was like, I what saw, I saw one too. She was like, congratulations yeah. on, your, on your kid or something, your new baby. Right. And then there was another one. She, she posted to Snapchat a conversation between her and Dolph just the day or two days before he was coming to Memphis. She literally just said, um, you coming through the city? He was like, yeah, I'd be there. And she was like, same place, same time. He was like, yeah. She was like, bet, see you then. It was that simple. So this man wasn't completely innocent, but at the same time, that could be a lot of reason why he was not married too. Mm. He was still like here playing and, I, and, and, you know, rest his soul. But at the same time, that woman stood beside you. She stuck beside you. She had your kids. And you out here playing, and, yeah. and, it, and it takes for you to die to have that exposed. I mean, I yeah, that's I embarrassing. It is, and she didn't deserve that. She didn't deserve that at all. So that right there kind of pissed me off. As much as I like Dolph, but I had to remember he's a human being, and these men be out here messing up, and he's not subject to anything other than being imperfect. So I was like, you know what, that that is what it is. But I do feel for his wife on that one. That one it, it kind of yeah. pissed me off. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. Unfortunately, he did have side chicks and all that other stuff. Mm. Yeah. I do hope that authorities get involved and find find who's responsible for this. Like you said, 
who knows? Uh, we've also seen like a meme floating around um, where that's how I remembered to your point about them being on Empire Records. Um, yeah. It's like basically uh, a collection of artists that are on this label and it basically has a cross through every person who has died um, being a part of this label. I thought it was kind of weird because um, I thought it was kind of weird because they had a picture of Aaliyah up here. I, I was like, well, I didn't even know that Aaliyah was signed to Empire Records, but they had her her name and her picture crossed out because I guess technically she was on that label. The uh, person that they have remaining is an uh, artist by the name of D Smoke. Okay. So they're like, oh shit, like protect these smoke because young young Dolph King Von Mo, uh, I guess that's his name, Mo, but the E is a backwards is a is a number three. Yeah. Um so it's M O number three. Extension and Aaliyah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mo three, he got killed. Man, he nah, he got killed in track. Okay. So Mo three was a total different type of rapper. He was still out here in these streets. People even said he had bodies and everything else. I don't believe that that was there was any conspiracy theory behind that. And I actually met Mo three um, one time when he came to the city. You know, with all the you know, promotion club stuff I do, I met him, mm-hmm. and he seemed like a really good down to earth person. But it was like, and, and I even I even still have in my um in my um file cabinet the contract that I signed. I literally came across the uh, his contract probably like two days before he got killed, and I remember telling somebody. I was like, buddy, be in the street too hard. I hope nothing don't happen to him. Two days later, he was gone. And it was it was one of those things where, like, I don't think he has had to do with some con- weird conspiracy theory. Dog was rapping with money in the streets, living like he was a regular dude, and he shouldn't have been doing that. So I think that's why he ain't here no more. I don't think they ever find his killer either. And then real real quick, while, it, while it's still fresh in my head, because you mentioned about how bad it is in uh... – in Memphis, uh, according to the CDC, Tennessee is the sixth worst state when it comes to gun deaths. They are, it's uh, 16 gun deaths per, uh, I think it's 16 per 100,000, which is sixth worst. The worst is Louisiana, of course, with 18.5. And then as far as the deadliest cities, Memphis is ninth in the country. Their murder rate is uh, 29.2 per 100,000. And that's just flat murder, not just gun deaths. So yeah, it's pretty bad out there. And I know Tennessee and a lot of these Southern states have a lot of lax gun laws. So it's not to say that people won't die if there's no guns, there'll just be a lot less of it and not just a lot less um, murders, but also less suicides because the easiest way to commit suicide is guns because it's instant. You have to think about, do I want to cut my wrist or do I want to take these pills? But guns, it's just, too easy so right there's no turning back from that um and also with the i guess tennessee being like one of the worst states or whatever as far as um, gun violence goes Mm -hmm. there was a um there was a mention some years back because all the things that were happening in such cities around the united states they talked they were talking about taking guns or, or or tightening up on gun laws and memphis was literally number one on the list of places aside from chicago i think it fell number two and i don't know why but um where they were really going to tighten up on gun laws and it was one guy that was talking about it um in comparison to and, and i still don't understand new york city's gun laws i wish somebody would help me understand it 
because apparently mm, their yeah. gun laws are really tight too. And they were comparing their gun laws to what would be the best route for Memphis and Chicago and oh. Detroit and places like that. The, the, the thing about New York as a, as a New Yorker, I'll, I mean, I don't live in New York anymore, but I, I, I was born there. I, I, I cut my teeth there. I'll always be a New Yorker at heart. Like if you watch a movie like Death Wish, that used to be New York. That could almost be a documentary. New York used to have one of the worst uh, murder rates and uh, gun death rates in the country. And then they really tightened up their gun laws. You know, yeah. I, I mentioned before, I watched the TV show and not understanding like, how are you going to take these guns from Georgia and drive them to another state? Aren't these guns registered in your name? No, New York is one of the only states that does that. But on that same list where uh, Tennessee was sixth worst, as far as gun deaths per 100,000, New York is one, two, three, four, five, sixth best. And you figure New York has way more people than uh, Tennessee. But because of, their, because of their overly strict gun laws, uh, they are top 10 in, you know, with lowest gun deaths. So it right. works, but I mean, as far as like, I think you mentioned taking guns and I know what you meant, but- yeah. I believe I have to look that up. Uh, yeah, I don't mean physically not, take them, but definitely tighten well, up on them laws. Yeah. Well, it's not about, you know, when I always hear conservatives say, well, they're going to come and take your guns. Legally, they really can't because I, I want to find that in the Constitution because it's not pertaining directly to guns, but it's something where if something that's legal suddenly becomes illegal, they can't just go ahead and just take it. Now, they can make that illegal like they did with assault i mean with uh, machine guns yeah so if you had like a machine gun, gun yeah. if you had a machine gun uh it has to be registered and then and they just can't you know bring it anymore or you know sell them to people but if you had one from the 80s or 70s you got to have it registered but they can't legally take it but i gotta ba- i gotta find that in the constitution to have that backed up because that's why they didn't mm-hmm. take people's old machine guns when they became illegal well, that's kind of like here in South Carolina. Not only are we an open carry state now, ugh, we are also a, um, we also, you, we don't have to register our guns. So I feel like, they need to, I mean, I, of course, gun violence here isn't as bad as places like Memphis, Tennessee. But I mean, you can really just go out and buy a gun, go get your CWP, drive around with your gun on the, on the seat now. It don't even matter. I mean, it's pretty, as long as you are not a felon and you don't have any like gun purchasing restrictions as far as like your past and, and criminal background. Mm-hmm. South Carolina don't ask you for shit, literally. So I feel like they, maybe nationwide, they need to tighten up on gun laws. Maybe it would change the well, way the United States operates. Well, and, and you bring up an excellent point about it has to be done nationwide. It can't just be done state by state. You remember yeah. the whole thing with, um, trying to remember what shooting it was. But it was a big shooting, and the guy was from Chicago. He was from Illinois. Mm-hmm. And they were mm-hmm. like, well, see, Illinois has strict gun laws. So, and he was still able to buy a gun. He didn't buy it in his state because he couldn't get assault rifles in the state. So he just right. went over to Indiana, who has right. very lax gun laws, and bought it there. So Illinois, while Illinois itself, outside of Chicago, <laughs> has, right. has, has a lower gun death rate than Texas, at the same time, well, I mean, Chicago's the outlier as far as their cities go. They are surrounded by states who have virtually no gun laws. So people just go to those states and buy guns. Yep. That's exactly what they so, do. So it, it's, it gotta be, it's gotta be nationwide because state by state, it's not gonna cut it. 
It's not. You're absolutely right. And um, people even come to South Carolina again because they may not notice it right away because people don't really fuck with South Carolina like that. Um, sometimes I feel like people forget that we're even a state. But there are people like who have been learning, especially I had a conversation with this guy. He was like, he was like, South Carolina is probably one of the easiest places to buy guns. It is. You can walk in academies. You don't have a background. You're good. And they don't have a lot of laws against gun types. Um, and then on top of that, certain rifles have been open carry in, in this state for decades. So, you know, it's, yeah. I, yeah. <sighs> Crazy. I mean, I, I wonder if, ten, I mean, and this is something that we could just wonder, we will never know for sure. Right. But if mm -hmm. Tennessee had gun laws like New York had, because it's not like people don't get shot and killed in New York. They still oh, yeah. It's just at a lower rate than it uh, used to be. other states. So right. if there weren't so many guns floating around, like if a gun had to be registered in your name and all that other stuff, right? Yeah. Would, uh, would there be so many gun deaths? You know? I wonder because, I mean, you got to think about how many people are walking around out here with dirty guns. You know what I'm saying? And they're walking around with dirty guns. And I mean, I think, I mean, killings well, are going to happen regardless. Well, and, and that was a big thing that happened, I believe, in the in the late 90s or something like that, where conservatives, when they had control, they basically pulled the teeth out of the uh, the ATL and the FBI as far as not just, and like you said, like you said in your state, you could just buy guns. You don't have to have them registered. So basically, and not, not just at that store level, but on a national level, you know, right. because of, if people knew who were buying those guns, they could track them. That's why when Obama had that, uh, I don't know if it was Bush or Obama, it might've been Obama, that whole Fast and Furious thing that they had, that big scandal where, you know, they were trying to track guns going, I have to, I have to pull that up and reread mm -hmm. it to find out what the scandal was about. I remember that. those. Yeah. But they were trying to track where these, because I mean, all the gun deaths that are happening in Mexico, I don't know if they really manufacture a whole bunch of guns in Mexico. A lot of those guns that they were getting were coming from the U.S., and then going over into Mexico in the hands of drug lords, you know? So that was one of the big, uh, the big things was that because you don't really have to track these gun sales on a national level anymore, they could just buy these guns and bring them over into Mexico. Right. And people and then, do it all the time. They'll go yeah. into a store and like with South Carolina, they don't have a limit on how many guns you can buy like in a month or a year. You can go, in South, go into any store in South Carolina and buy a gun a day if you want to. That's 30 guns. And if you got a partner, he can do it too. And before you know it, you got 60 guns to carry to the border with no mm. trace to them because South Carolina has no registration laws. If you ever read any stories where the FBI stopped shootings before they happened, one of the big ways that they find that out in the cases that they can stop, because they can't stop every case, is they're tracking these gun sales. And they're like, hey, this one guy is buying 12 AR-15s. We need to keep an eye on this guy and find out what he's up to because no one needs 12 AR-15s. But in right. some states, like the, the guy who, uh, I don't know where he was from originally, but how was he allowed to buy all those AR-15s and not get flagged? And I, I believe, yeah. and don't quote me on this part, I have to, I have to research into it more because I don't know. I mean, FBI, of course, is a national organization, but I think it all breaks down into which states are allowed to uh, track gun sales in which are not because you know we couldn't right. buy, you can't buy assault weapons in New York because they're banned in New York right 
you know, but if somebody bought a whole bunch of handguns in New York, they would be tracked because they have to be registered in your name. But if you have states where you don't have to track them, then yeah, like you said, that's where they're going to go to get those guns to do what they got to do. So it's it's a whole big mess. But, but I think it would right. make more sense to even make them like if you're not a citizen of the state, you know, you got to show your ID. You just can't buy guns here. Add that to the rules. Right. Because like, and South Carolina doesn't do that either. <laughs> like like in, in Georgia, if I'm right, and this and I got this from a television show I saw like 20 years ago. So don't quote me on this. But in Georgia, you could buy as many guns as you want to. You don't have to be registered, but they can't leave the state. Now, here's the thing. If they're not mm -hmm. registered to you, how are they going to know if, you, if they leave the state? But then, exactly. but then again, they were, because you could buy, supposedly, according to the television show, and this is from 20 years ago, you could buy a gun in, a handgun in Georgia for $200 and then sell it in New York for 1000 on the street. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but it's illegal to take those, you could buy as many guns as you want to in Georgia, but it's illegal to take them across state lines. Because then that's right. going to be weapons trafficking, and then that's where you'll get that charge. But it really should, I mean, you know, and then uh, some carry permits don't get, like there was a whole website on it where it's like, all right, well, if you have a gun permit in this state, these are the states it's still good in and these are the states where it doesn't transfer to. I believe, don't quote me on this. I have to reread it. I think that's how Kodak Black got his gun charge because he didn't realize like you can't just carry guns like that through New York. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, because it's called reciprocity, especially when you, I guess, like a license to carry. Like, if you don't have, like, a license in that state or they don't share reciprocity with your state, yes. you can definitely go to jail. Even if it was self-defense, you can go mm -hmm. to jail for murder. Yeah. So they, they do need a national, a, a national standard, because... I'm fresh. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that 100%. We, we need a national standard for, uh, for gun laws. But of course, yeah, too many contingencies yeah. about them. Yeah. Way too many. Yeah. Now, um, real quick, I just want to say uh, one person I'm glad that does not own a gun, at least to our knowledge, is uh, the baby. <laughs> because him and his uh, child's mother were on, well, his most recent child's mother were on Instagram arguing about whether or not she was a side bitch or not really his girlfriend. She proceeded to post a whole bunch of receipts um, as to whether or not she really was his girlfriend or not. Um, yeah, I. it's like with Danny Lee and the baby, it's like I definitely don't like the baby for this but then a part of me is is uh, a little bit joyful just because of the hell that she gave black women she she was definitely a colorist on some colorist shit oh yeah and as a dominican it's like mm, karma's coming back to bite her in the ass um she thought she was going to be better than the other baby mamas just because her baby was light-skinned but he has yep. thoroughly embarrassed her this week um if you ask me he's embarrassed himself too um but the reason I said I'm glad he doesn't own a gun is because there was like a domestic disturbance situation that definitely could have went left. And I'm glad that it did not for the sake of everyone involved. Um, but I have been thoroughly entertained by their shenanigans, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they are hot fucking I, I, I look yeah. at it like this, and this is a very, uh, like, a, I guess, like a fantasy way of looking at it. 
right? When you when that whole that whole type of drama, like, are you a side chick or you have, have people on the side? Like when I was young, I used to frequent strip clubs, you know, and I always thought, man, I wish there was a strip club that didn't have all these rules. These bouncers are looking at me funny. I can't even grab these titties that I paid for. <laughs> and, you know, and then I went to a club that was like that, where they barely had any rules. And I'll tell you, it was it was a terrifying nightmare. I'm like, I'm I'm not going home tonight. I'm going to prison because the cops walk through this door. We're all done for. Like that's oh, yeah. how, but I think that if you're a famous, right, why would you think that you could be in a normal relationship? There should just be no rules to your relationship. The only rule is we live in the same house and that should be the only, and then so we could take care of these kids and that should be the only rule. So there won't be any more Instagram fights or nothing or none of that nature. Now I know that's absolutely <clears throat> ridiculous. I'm being ridiculous, okay? Let's just get that part out of the way. But when I see all this stuff, it's at, like Carl Anthony Towns, uh, NBA player. He's now dating, uh, God, what is her name? Her name was just on the tip of my tongue. Um, a black woman, I think she's, I don't know if she's friends with the Kardashians or, or whatever it was. Lala? No. No, I, I follow her on, let me hold on. If I look up Carl Anthony Towns, she'll probably come up. But the first thing I thought was, I give this relationship six months, not because Carl Anthony Towns is not a nice guy, not because she is some sort of Instagram thought, because I actually, and that's why I'm weird, I can't remember her name, because I follow her on Instagram, because she's not like all these, she's yeah. more, she's more refined. So it's kind of like, oh, oh, okay. I think she's a model or something like that. And, no, you're um, talking about, I just can't place her name either. I'm sitting here trying to think and drawing a, a lot of these a lot of these Instagram girls I don't really care for, but she kind of caught my eye. I mean, not just because she's a good looking woman, but because she just seems like a normal person who just happens to have an Instagram account and just happens to be a model <laughs> as opposed to all the others who were like, look, hey, like I'm showing everything but my nipples. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to see all that, really. I mean, porn is free after all. But um not because they're not too nice people, but because they're in the spotlight. I give it six months yeah. until some sort of drama happens. And that's kind of messed up. We, they should just have that understanding like, okay, well, you know, I may stray, you may stray. If we have kids, we take care of these kids and that's it. So we don't have to be on Instagram fighting with each other for other people's entertainment because that's what it ends up becoming, other people's mm -hmm. entertainment. Because right, you really look like a clown. You like a clown. The baby exactly. made himself look pretty bad. Granted, I'm not siding with Danny Lee by far, but at the same time, mm -hmm. you made a whole song called Yellow Bone is what he liked after he left his black ass dark skin baby mama. You clowned Hello. her then and now you looking stupid out here on live. You looking stupid next Ridiculous. to this man. Yeah. And you, you fell for his bullshit. He's a bullshit artist just like any other man, any other man out here. And it doesn't make you special. And that was Danny Lee's problem. She thought she was special. You're having a baby by a man who has other children. That was like I was telling somebody one day. It was a situation where this guy had seven kids. He didn't have a lot of baby mamas. He had like one kid with one girl, uh, the bulk of the rest of them with this other girl, and then one with this last one. But she was the one that wanted to act crazy and whatever. And I'm sitting here like, baby, you had child number seven. Like, what are you doing? If it didn't work out for the rest of everybody else, if it didn't work out for his wife and everything, why? They what, love to be. The they love to think that they're gonna be special. Where's the pride? And I mean, where, where is this coming from? Because it's weird to me. 
It's like OD weird and I don't get it. But that's exactly what Danny Lee did. And now everybody's feeling sorry for her when she literally put down black women. She literally yes. panders to the baby. I don't think, see that's the thing. Women. At least in my circle, and my social media circles, I've seen a lot of people being like, well, like nothing to see here kind of thing, you know. Um, and then also to encouraging her to make music with um, Summer Walker because Summer Walker was definitely thinking that she was going to be different from London on the tracks of the baby mamas. And she is not. She's going through the same bullshit that he put the rest of them through. And yeah. Hold on, what happened to Summer Walker? I missed that one. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know, Summer Walker, she used to talk shit about like, how basically she was like the the girlfriend at the time to London on the track saying like, oh, um, you won't let him see his kids kind of shit. And he probably was flexing, you know, he probably was flexing, not giving her the whole picture. And she would get on social media and argue back and forth with um, the other children's mothers and all of that. And she was just like, oh, y'all, she would love to tell people how they was raising their babies wrong, how they needed people should be feeding their baby honey and like, which everybody knows you're not supposed to do that, but um, you should be feeding your baby honey and like natural shit and feeding your baby vegetables. Okay? Um, <laughs> what? She what? did not know what the fuck she was talking about. Um, what the hell kind of conversation? You know what? Okay. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so it has been thoroughly entertaining to watch Summer Walker like realize how ridiculous she-, she sounded and how much the fuck she did not know what she was talking about. Um, so that's why this album, this last album that she put out was so iconic and people were listening for it because it was going to be the first one that was not produced by London on the track, which has produced a lot of her stuff before. But it was like, oh, like, I know she's going to have some ridiculous shit to say about her baby daddy. Well, and it was. Talking about so now people are like, oh, shit, like Danny Lee and her need to link up. Is she trying to be well, like, like the black Taylor Swift? <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, she kind of already is. I mean, she she already had like a reputation about singing about toxic relationships and stuff. So, not a stretch well, um, by any means. Well, while we while we're talking about toxic relationships and um, domestic situations, I'm not. This actually feeds into, and I actually forgot about this story before we uh, when we were pre gaming before the show. Um, so this was like a week ago. Um, NFL ex NFL player, um, Zach mm. Stacy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> He beat the living shit out of his baby mama in front of the kids. And it went viral. And I made a video on TikTok about it. I also posted it in our group as well. But a lot of people tried to bring race into it and all this other kind of stuff. I said, I don't care what nobody say. What he was arguing about, and we found out what it was later. Basically, long story short, it had to do with her and one of his exes and a conversation. It was like, it, it was what it was. And he claims that whatever she did or the conversation between her and the ex ruined the ex's relationship with whoever she's with now. So anyway, he literally threw this woman into a television right in front of their child. He punched her in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. He, it, he threw her into like a little baby walker bouncer swing thing. It was horrific. I did not watch the video, um, but I did see some still shots and I could tell just from the still shots it was bad. Oh, really he bad. beat the hell out of her so me of course i still haven't come across pictures to see what she looked like after but i guarantee you with her being a white woman and her you know she probably may bruise easy or at least show very well that he going to jail <laughs> you know what, to, 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 jail. to your point mercedes you know how you know they're going to make it about race 
Because when I looked up and I looked up uh, Zach Stacy, because I, I saw the, yeah. the headlines before, because yeah. I, I follow like a, a, some of my friends have a sports page on, um, uh, on Facebook and they posted that article. And then when I looked it up on, um, to see if there's any updates, the first two publications to post a story, Zach, uh, New York Post, Fox News. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they're going to make this about race as opposed to oh, the yeah. actual crime. And then, the, yeah. He's going to jail, man. That's the, that's all there is to it. it it's a right. it's a wrap. Yeah, he definitely going to jail. It's over with because there's no excuse. And I'm going to say this, and this might not come across right. She could have called him the N-word. And there was still no reason to beat her like that because you chose her ass. You chose to be with her. You chose that white woman. And that's why I don't like the fact that people are bringing race into it. Now, of course, on TikTok, I have a following platform of about, I think I have like 3,200 followers or something like that. So it's kind of a community with the same mindset. So when I made the video, uh, most people, you know, agreed that he was wrong. But there were some people in the comments that tried to bring race into it. And I was like, don't yeah, do that. Like, I said, because at the end of the day, even if even if it was a racial issue, which we clearly see that it's not, by his verbiage, it had nothing to do with race. He was still in the wrong. He was yeah. dead wrong. Yeah, I mean, he, he was wrong either way. But like you said, they're just because of their uh you know him being black and her being white yeah. they're gonna they're gonna make it that sort of thing and then i mean it's not like black folks don't get demonized enough but the thing is if it was the other way around and didn't wasn't there a we just know like he's gonna be recently? penalized like yeah you know like the punishment is going to fit the crime so in sure. other words when he when he is convicted they're just gonna give him the max on everything just because as opposed to if he was white and then he had, you know, he did that to a black woman, the judge would probably, I mean, provided if he had a judge like we had in Rittenhouse case, will probably just see his his future potential and maybe and maybe give him a slap on the wrist. Like what happened with um who was that I'm guy who, who, who raped that girl and only got like two months in jail for it? Uh Brock, uh Brock, whatever the hell his name is. Brock Turner. Oh. Brock Turner. Okay, yeah. Well, in, in relation to what you just said, there was another, there was a white NFL player that beat the hell out of his black fiance. Yeah. There was. I cannot remember, remember his, his name, fucking but, name. And that only happened a couple months ago. That didn't even happen. Yeah, that was this, it was this year. It was this year. Yeah. yeah. So. It definitely was. So, I mean, but they both deserve the same penalty. Right. Like, I mean, now granted, but see the thing about white boy, he was still in the NFL. Zach been out since he only played, he played for two teams. I mentioned him in my video, but he only played from 2013 to 2015. He's been out of the league for a little while now. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of those situations where like Jesus Christ, like, dude, you didn't have to do that. But at the end of the day, now you got to face the music and the repercussions for what you did. So, I mean, to him and the other NFL player, you want to put your hands on somebody. And, and his girlfriend wasn't even, she wasn't even that small of a woman. She was kind of tall. But he was so big, like you are getting beat the crap up out of by this big, like running back size dude, or you know, fullback or linebacker, whatever position he played. And like I said, yo, yo, black ass going to jail. That's what's about to happen. He's going to jail. He's out of yep. here. Yep. Uh, and you know what I'm here for? Has already started. He's had people pull back. Um, interestingly enough, the baby did not record. Uh, I mean, he said he was recording for his protection, but he definitely did that shit to embarrass her. Because oh, he at the end of the day, if you want to do, if you want to protect yourself, which I could honestly see him doing, that makes sense because he probably doesn't want any narrative to come out. He's about to go on tour. Um, 
which I thought was extra weird because I'm like, dude, you're going to be away for like several weeks. Why don't you just let her stay at, at your place as the mother of your child? Let her stay there. All will be well. Like she clearly doesn't have a support system in Charlotte. Just like let her crash there and figure some shit out while you're on the road and then you come home i think that's what she was saying too that she was supposed to be there but she was waiting on a flight out she had been there all weekend and he had took her family places he like he had already said been together like i don't know it's weird to me that he does all this relationship shit with this bitch but then tells her yeah but we're not together yeah oh yeah that's why i'm like he's a fucking lame he's a lame for all of this like she's the mother of your kid dude like yeah she a lame too stop stressing her out yeah yeah. Now, um, uh, now, Denny Lee is that the is that the the, the girl that's involved in this? Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I just looked up real quick. On of course, TMZ has it, and they're like Danny Lee's brother, Brandon Bills. Oh Jesus, that better be a rap name. Says he'll knock out the baby <laughs> in a fight, and I'm just like, oh no, the baby. You know, he he fights people <laughs> real. Like I mean, he's not like, yeah. you know, he's not like uh like what's his name. Like uh, we just we just mentioned his name, Soldier Boy, where he's like a, he's like Instagram tough and in real life pussy, like the baby will fight you, man. So this dude better, you know. But I mean, I know he wants to defend his sister, but be careful what you wish for, cause you just may get it. Cause the baby he fight, man. I wouldn't fight him. He he came when he first came out. He was he was also strong arming a lot of his security guard to do a lot of the fight for him. So I don't know if he really about that life or not but i mean i don't either i mean like bro like your your neck is fucked up like but literally protecting that sir yeah i mean I'll oh put yeah it. i forgot about that yeah his, his yeah. neck was all like in a fucking brace when he made that video like just stop just stop i understand he wants to defend his sister but yeah you gotta you know you gotta gotta tone it down just a bit because like i said i don't want to see his dude get hurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see any. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but in any domestic situation, whether it be verbal or physical, you got to find some common ground somewhere. Because at the end of the day, if, she, if he's going to raise his kids, they need to figure it the fuck out. Because the public arguing, the tearing each other down, the lying, blatantly lying, because he know he was fucking with that girl the long way, telling her one thing and telling the public something different. And the crazy part, the baby got so many people that back his bullshit. If you watch that video. His homeboy and um, I, I don't know who the girl was. I think she was one of his relatives, like a cousin or something. Every time Danny Lee said something like, did he not tell me I was his girl? They, nah, he never heard nothing like that. Y'all lying. Y'all are lying for this man. Like y'all literally gaslighting the hell out of this girl for what? Now granted, she don't deserve it. But at the same right. time, well, I, I say, I'm going to say she doesn't deserve it. But partially because of her, her colorist behavior, she definitely does. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you knew what you were dealing with. Just go on head, head out, make an album with some of your tears on it and say, fuck that nigga. Because at the end of the day, he's not going to change who he is. The baby reacting to Danny Lee is the exact man that we expect him to be. He's been a dick like this since he came out. He hasn't been anything mm-hmm. other than that. I, I think for a lot of these rappers, like, like the baby or Kanye West, you know, we love the bravado on record. But when you find out, oh, they're really like that, then it just makes you kind of like, Ugh, you know, I, there, there is a, a, a metal band called uh, Slayer, right? And, you know, they, they do all that crazy, you know, satanic stuff. They had an album called South of Heaven, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when I became a fan, because I kind of liked their music, and this is years ago when I first started getting into metal, like the heavier stuff, they were on an interview 
on MTV and they were just sitting in the Waffle House just eating the waffle like normal people. And I think that's when I became a fan because I know they're not out there like, dude, we gotta be extreme. No, they're just normal dudes who just make music. And I'm right. just like, that's when I became like an actual fan of theirs, you know, as opposed to people who have to try to live that life or or just be or just be the asshole in real life. You can be an asshole in the record all you want. I'll buy your records. But if you're that way in real life, especially toward women, then I'm just kind of like, Ugh, okay, there's other rappers out there I can listen to, you know, but maybe because I'm old. And, when, and I guess when you're old and you've seen, you know, enough of life to just know like, okay, all the stuff that I was into when I was younger, now there's consequences for it when I'm older, not just for me, but for other people, you know? Yeah, and I know we're, we're coming up on another topic in just a moment, but I'm not sure if you guys saw, and I'll put it in the group as well, where they um, New York passed a law um, to keep judges and um, prosecutors and whomever from mentioning people and their behavior in relation to rap lyrics and stuff like that. Like if they got in trouble, they like to use rap lyrics as a, you know, excuse. Um, and that was just something I just thought about as we were talking about rap and the way, and you know, rappers and the way people are. But um, yeah, I'll post that in the group too. They just passed that law. Like, I think that article was like a mm. couple days old. I'll yeah, I'll post it. And, and then, and then they yeah. used King Bond and um, Dirk. You, I don't know if you guys remember when they, they got arrested some years back um, for, um, I guess it's like an attempted murder charge. I can't remember what it was, but they ended up getting off mm -hmm. clearly because Vaughn got killed, uh, you know, some years later, but yeah, they use them as an example because they definitely use their rap lyrics against them in that courtroom. They got off, but mm. they definitely use it against them. So we'll talk about that, um, another time, but I I'm going to post it in group. It, it just came to my mind as we we're talking about rappers, the bullshit they do and what inspires them to be who they are. So Oh, and real quick, Jordan Woods, that's Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 yeah, just, pop, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just popped in my head. Like, oh, yeah, Jordan Woods. So. I keep forgetting she's that tall. I think she's almost like 5'10". Like, like a, it's got that whole Amazon thing going on. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. All right, so. Well, yeah. Um, and I'm going to continue the bad the string of bad news uh <laughs> and talk about what we all saw coming real quick uh kyle rittenhouse found not guilty on all charges um some bullshit popped off like uh we saw a couple of statements and reactions that came up uh i'm gonna read i'm gonna read this statement you guys are gonna tell me who you believe said this okay, okay. Uh, today's verdict speaks for itself. I've spent the majority of my career working to make our criminal justice system more equitable. It's mm. clear there's still a lot more work to do. Mm. Who said that? Uh, it's up to you to got, guys to guess. Ooh, um, ooh, I don't know. Is it somebody we've mentioned today? Or well, kind of not today. But we've definitely mentioned this person on the show. Um, maybe, maybe for a contrast, I'll read the the contrasting statement. Um, this other person says, mm, "No, nah, that'll give you too much of a clue." All right. While the verdict well, is not will leave Owens. many. Huh? I said, "Better not be Candace Owens." But go ahead. Oh no! no. <laughs> I don't pay her any mind. Um, while the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, you must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. 
don't know. Person also goes on to say, violence and destruction of property have no place in our democracy. Oh no. Ooh, that person has to be. Ooh, I don't know, man. I'm and I should know because I know that sounds familiar, and I just cannot think of it. All right. So the second statement comes from y'all president, Joe Biden. Mm. First statement comes from Kamala Harris. Um, oh, bye, boo. Oh. Okay, I'm done. I, I, Interestingly I, enough, with her statement, I liked how concise it was. Um, I don't agree <laughs> with the accuracy of the statement. As far as like her saying, I spent a majority of my career working to make our criminal justice system more equitable. No, ma'am, Pam. But um, okay, if you believe that, then who am I to argue with you? And then I um, understand she spent most of her time kids not going to school because I'm Kamala the cop. I, you know, I'm going to talk more about Kamala on Wednesday on politics because the whole Kamala thing as vice president is actually sad and hilarious. But I, I, I you know, the whole Rittenhouse thing, and and, and before I before I start run over the mouth, Odie. Uh, what what else did you have on that? Because you know, because you know how I do. I <laughs> at the end of the day, I just like I'm just over this bullshit. Like um, people just spit, like spit in our face and tell them it's like just gaslighting a whole race of people <laughs> for years and years and years. Yeah. It's really fucking old. Um, I'm just tired. I'm tired of hearing about it. Like I couldn't even muster up the the strength to be angry. Um, it's really clear, like we don't fuck with black lives or any whiteies who believe that black lives matter because there, in this case, there were no black victims, but they might as well have been black because they supported black lives matter. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just fucking, I'm, ugh, I'm just, I'm just done. Yeah, it's, it's draining, it's draining. And I always say, you know, if the sin of the uh, the boomers was uh, electing people who eroded all the safety nets that they benefited from, my generation, Generation X, our sin is basically electing a bunch of corporate Democrats and then thinking that they were going to fix everything, you know, electing uh, Bill Clinton and Obama you know, and Joe Biden and thinking that they were going to fix these problems because they can fix these problems. They have the power to, you know, and they just don't because they just don't want to, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's not that hard. The only hard thing is convincing the public that has been, that have been beaten down and brainwashed for the last 50 years, but the actual mechanisms of it is not really that hard. You know, the first thing they do when you get conservatives in power, they put a bunch of, now I don't know the judge in the Rittenhouse case, I do not know how he was elected. I'm still researching that for, uh, for, for the Wednesday show. So I don't know, in other words, I don't know if he's a, I don't think he's a federal judge. He may have been, um, he may have been put in by a state election, you know? But if that's the case, if he's put in by a state election, someone needs to run against him. And if he's a federal judge, he needs to be impeached because, what makes us so exasperated, I'll, when I say us, I'll just say like-minded people like myself, is we all, we all knew the verdict was going to be the way it was because we pretty much just saw it all unfold right in front of us. And they didn't even try to hide it. 
Like the judge was literally Kyle Rittenhouse's dad. Like I, you know, we mentioned this last week on the show where uh, the prosecution asked Kyle Rittenhouse a question that he couldn't answer without incriminating himself. So he just looks at the judge and the judge just gets on the prosecutor. Now, mm-hmm. there were a couple of quotes that they had after the case, and I'll, I'll talk about it again on Wednesday, but there were some, I mean, um, this is from uh, The Nation magazine, right? First of all, the charges that he got cleared of, first degree intentional homicide, attempted first degree intentional homicide, first degree reckless homicide, and then two counts of first degree recklessly endangering safety for firing into the crowd at each of the, each of the people, right? Five counts all found not guilty. The only charge that he would have been found guilty of beyond a shadow of a doubt was the gun charge. Because I mean, it's just a matter of numbers. He was underage when he had that gun. So basically the jury would have had no choice but to convict on that. Now, granted, that would have only gotten him a maximum of nine months in prison, but at least he would have gone to prison and had it on his record. Nope. The judge just threw it out. And here's the thing. In any publication I've read, nobody can, no one, can, no one says or asks the judge, hey, judge, why'd you throw that out? What rationale did you have for throwing out that case, that charge? It's because it's the only charge he would have gotten convicted of. That's why. So he basically was his dad. Now, there's no way that if they brought him up before committee and went over how he acted in that court and all the stuff that he did, how could he not be impeached? How? How is that even a thing? You know, this is from the Nation magazine. The verdict is not surprising if you're familiar with how the criminal justice system works for white people. Wisconsin Judge Bruce Schroeder, uh, Schroeder, who presided over the Rittenhouse trial, consistently made rulings in the best interest of the white gunman. He refused Mm -hmm. to punish Rittenhouse for violating the terms of his bail excluded evidence of Rittenhouse's behavior before and after the shooting that spoke to his intent and lack of remorse, allowed the defense to mischaracterize the people Rittenhouse killed as rioters, yelled at prosecutors in front of the jury, dismissed an illegal gun charge against the gunman, and had the jury clap for one of Rittenhouse's expert witnesses. He also goes on, he continues, We know that the system does not work this way for black people. It is difficult to even imagine a similar set of circumstances for a black defendant. Nobody credibly thinks that a black teenager who got an illegal gun and then crossed state lines to shoot up a MAGA protest will be greeted by a sympathetic black judge in front of a predominantly black jury, be lauded by prominent black leaders, enjoy favorable media coverage and then walk free. Nobody credible thinks that. In point of fact, here is the full and complete list of black teenagers who have killed two people at a MAGA rally to defend their community. And then it just ends with dot, 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 which basically means there's, there's no such list. So we all knew from the start, as soon as we saw how the judge was acting, we just knew it was in the bag. And what makes us so furious is that there's nothing we could do about it. We just have to watch it. Not unfold. a damn thing. And that's the part that just makes people, you know, give up on just everything as a whole and just be like, you know what? Just let this whole thing burn to the ground. Maybe Ra's al Ghul from Batman was right. Maybe we need a great cleansing. <laughs> just let everybody die. And then we just start over again and see if we can get a better result. Because the current result is just not working out at all. 
I, I know I know you weren't surprised at the verdict. Mm-mm. Not at all. We already saw the fix was in. They called in the National Guards because they knew that niggas was going to cut up. I don't even, you know what's funny is I don't think that, I don't think too many black people are going to cut up because, like, we already seen it coming. You know what I mean? It's, you know what it is, though, for me? The reason why this verdict was important, not just, it's not just because one insecure doofus got away with murder right, with murdering two people and maiming another, right? It's basically the precedent that they want to set because it's not like, so you had a kid who felt he had the he had to uh, leave his home, have his mommy drive him to another state with an illegal gun to protect property that's not even his. And here's the thing, he lied on the stand because he said that they were called in to defend that car lot and then they had the owner of the car lot in court like, no, we didn't. I don't know you. I didn't call you to, to protect anything because it, it had been vandalized recently. So they figured, well, we're going to come and defend it. You know, that's like basically trying to pour water on a house that already burned down. Like if they already vandalized, they don't come back and finish the job. Get the fuck out of here. They were just looking for people to shoot. And he got his wish. And now he's a hero. He's going to be on Tucker Carlson's show on Monday, the the, uh, the 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 White Power Hour on Monday. And I don't even want to know what they say. Like when 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 the pundits who I normally watch, when they post their videos of it, I don't even want to know. I'm, I'm going to skip those videos. I refuse to watch them, you know, because I think we've given this little bastard enough of our energy for, for one year, you know. The only time I want to hear about Kyle Rittenhouse from now on is if somebody kills him. And if somebody kills him, I'll read that article. But until that happens, I don't want to hear any more about this because I don't have to hear about Kyle because there'll be the next case and the next case and the next case. The problem with, with these white supremacists is that they feel that if somebody is killed by the police, we don't have a right to protest it, right? We just need to shut up and follow the law. Oh, uh, you should have, you shouldn't have run. You should have did this. You should have listened to the cop. You should have had your license out. You should have did this, did that. But when they feel aggrieved, like, oh, I don't know, their president losing an election, they could bum rush the Capitol. They could kill cops. And they're considered to be patriots by their own people. Mm-hmm. Thanks. This is going to be an interesting Thanksgiving this year because not for me, because the people who I, you know, people who I who I eat with are normal people. <laughs> but I know somebody's gonna have that drunk uncle who's gonna bring this bullshit up. And I don't know, he's gonna have to eat, he's gonna have to eat in the backyard because no one's gonna put up with that shit this year. Nor should they. I joked about it on Facebook and 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 my friend was like, You assume these people are gonna be at my house. They're not gonna be at my house. <laughs> for dinner i'm not having these mong i'm not having these mongrels over to my house spouting that nonsense get the fuck out of here it's it's a sad state of affairs you know i i as much as much tough talk as i do about conservatives i always felt in the back of my mind like i'm not as dumb as joe biden where he just thinks oh you know once trump is out of office 
the, the everybody just go back to normal and we'll go back to the conservatives that that stood for something get the fuck out of here conservatives never stood for anything i think i may have missed him on the show before Odie, but do you know who ben shapiro is i know that name but no who who is that he, he reminds me of squeaky voice teen from the simpsons you know he, he talks with that really high-pitched voice he talks really fast so it makes you think that he knows what he's talking about. He's uh, he's just a terrible human being and, and a grifter. He was on, the, I was watching, um, God, what was I watching? Not Chapel Trap House, but, um, well, it might've been Chapel Trap House. And they were talking about um, a clip that, bit, no, 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 Majority Report. That's what I was watching. I was watching Majority Report and they had, they were talking about Ben Shapiro and he had this clip about how, let me ask you a question, Odie. When you hear the words conservative values, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Control of women's bodies. Yeah, basically. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never anything good. Because when you hear values, you're thinking, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're living the values. You're, you're living, you know, like when you have values, it's supposed to be something positive. But when you have conservative in front of that, it's no one ever thinks anything good. And I think Ben Shapiro knows that as a conservative. So he tries to invent ways to make conservatives think that they are, I don't know, good. <laughs> so he was talking about how some of these movies are actually like conservative movies. And he brought up, uh, you ever see a movie called The Quiet Place, horror movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. part one and part two. Yeah. It was actually, it was a really good, I, mean, I didn't see part two. I saw part one, I didn't get a chance to see part two yet. But um, it was actually, I mean, he. there was one part where, you know what we call it in the, in the comic world? We call it retconning. We, base, we basically just go back and uh, we're just like, look, we're just going to go back in the past and change stuff to make it fit what we're doing here in the present. Because maybe they wrote themselves into a corner, something like that, right? So I look at it like this, right? In a quiet place, and, and, and there's going to be some spoilers here. So if you've never seen A Quiet Place, I don't care. You should have seen it already. The movie came out like a few years ago. But um, yeah. <laughs> there was a part where, if you've never seen the movie, real 10-second synopsis, these creatures come to Earth, they killed most of the population, they're attracted by noise. So the only way to keep the creatures mm-hmm. away is you have to be totally quiet. And uh, the guy, John Krasinski and his wife, what was his wife's name in that movie? Well, her, her real um, name. I don't, I don't know, but this is real wife, though. That much I know. Oh, I didn't know that. But anyway, yeah. um, they were they went to a drugstore to get uh, supplies. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Okay, I thought that was her. I didn't want to just tell lies. And um, uh, the the youngest kid, he takes a toy fire truck, and as they're walking back home, he activates the fire truck. Here's the part of the movie that I hated though, because he takes a little fire truck and he holds it over his head. Like he's fucking uh, the guy from Say Anything, like John Cusack and Say Anything. And then the alien just kills him. So here's the part where Ben Shapiro- This was dead ass wrong for giving him them damn batteries, though. Like, why'd you give him the batteries? Yeah. 
you know how this works at this point. But they, uh, of course, you know, they decide to have another child, right? Which becomes a, a story focused toward the end of the movie. And Ben Shapiro said that that makes this a conservative movie because, you know, it was, it was dangerous to have a child, but they had the child anyway. So therefore, that couple is pro-life. Let me explain something about Ben Shapiro. This motherfucker makes money hand over fist, saying the dumbest things possible. And just because he has a college degree, people eat that shit up. That's the dumbest thing I've heard. Well, the second dumbest thing I've heard him say. Well, Danny, there's, there's no top 10 for Ben Shapiro. Everything he says is pretty fucking stupid. The one time he said that if, you, if you're suffering from global warming, all you gotta do is just sell your house and move to where it is in global warming. And another pundit was like, hey, Ben, let me ask you a question. Who's going to buy your fucking underwater house? Aquaman? No one's going to buy a house that constantly floods, you idiot. So you can't just move away from global warming. We got to solve it. Anyway, here's the thing about that. Here's the part of that whole thing that Ben glossed over, okay? Krasinski and his wife in the movie sat down and they said, hey, how should we do this? You know what they did? They made a choice. And their choice was to have another child. Let me explain something with that conservatives that, that just flies over their heads. Nobody is pro-abortion. No woman wakes up in the morning and is like, oh, I'm pregnant. Time to get my uterus scraped. Oh, I can't wait. What should I wear? That's never happened in the history of this fucking planet. It is a choice. Pro-choice. That's what we are. Pro-choice. A woman has control over her own body and is able to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And the only other person who should be involved in that choice is her significant other and anybody else who she feels should be in on it. Everybody else can fuck right off. That's the part that Ben is just missed. So they made a choice and they stuck to that choice. That doesn't make them pro-life that makes them pro-choice. Because these are the same people who will let children die on the border, you know, coming over the border to get a, to get a chance to live. They live in conditions so bad that their parents feel that they have a better chance of walking, you know, hundreds of miles across to the, to the next country than to stay in their country. And Ben is just like, fuck those little bastards. But a fetus, oh God, a fetus is king. Mm -hmm. Shut the fuck up, Ben, you bushy eyebrowed bastard. As, as Cody Johnson told him, go home and fuck your wife's dry, scratchy pussy. You know why, you know why he said that? You remember, um, I think I talked about the show when um, Cardi B and uh, Megan Stein made a song, Wet Ass Pussy. And, and Ben Shapiro didn't mm -hmm. know that women get wet when they get aroused. And he didn't know that. And I'm like, you are married, aren't you? I'm like, ugh, you, you've never pleased a woman in your life, ever. She probably just married you for the money. But um, I know I just kind of just took over. I apologize. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I, I handled the baton. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know we're almost out of time. I just want to end on something kind of, I'll put it like this, you know. As an old, old person, you know, I revere 
90s rap, you know, 80s and 90s rap because I grew up on it. And I felt like it kind of evolved and changed and got better up until like the early 2000s. And then like in the mid 2010s, it just all went straight to hell with all this mumble rap stuff. And the mumble rap stuff kind of started back in the early 2010s, but it really took off like in the, the mid 2010s, right? And I tracked a bunch of people and I just said, you know what? I said that this stuff is not really gonna last. And it's still lasting. There's been a lot, a lot more new mumble rappers out. But I tracked a bunch of mumble rappers that came out, say, about between 2015 and 2017. And I wanted to see how they're doing now compared to how they were doing before. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a, there's a, now one outlier is uh, Tentacion. He passed away uh, a couple okay. of years ago. He was, uh, unfortunately, he was murdered. He was so young, man. I mean, young Dolph mm. was like 30. But this kid was only yeah, like 30, 20 30. years old when he died. Yeah. But Tentacion, but he sold records. Now, I'm worried about singles in this case because people don't really sell albums like that anymore, right? So it's not like Adele who sells like 22 million records and then comes back and sells another 20 million records. It's not like that, you know? So they may go gold, maybe platinum. But Tentacion had a couple of multi-platinum albums and he had a shit ton of multi-platinum singles, you know? So he, you know, I didn't really like his music like that, but he sold some records. Akio was a record, a record selling machine. Now I looked this up on the RIAA, you know, recording industry, some shit or another. <laughs> I didn't get the full acronym, but I said, okay, now mostly everything is streaming. If you ever look up album sales on Wikipedia, and then you look in the far right column and it says that they went platinum. And then the column to the left of it, it says sales, you know, uh, 86,000 or something like that. That's, mm -hmm. that's their physical sales. When they say the sales. So that's gotcha. not their streaming sales. So, you, you know, you have to look all the way to the right to see how they finish up with the streaming sales. Um, an album counts, uh, and this is from the RIAA. The album award counts album sales, song sales, and on-demand audio or video song streams at the formula of 1,500 on-demand audio and video streaming songs, uh, video song streams equals 10 track sales equals one album sale. Okay, I know that's kind of a little bit gobbledygooky here, so let's look at it like this. A single, you need, uh, if, a, if one song on your album is streamed 150 times, that counts as one download sale. So that's equivalent to you going to Apple Music and buying that song. That's how the RAA counts it, right? If you have, um, uh, so if you have a 10 track album, you need 1500 on-demand audio or video song streams off of an album to count as one album sale. So that's basically the 150 streams times, uh, you know, times 10, the 10 tracks, right? For you, for an album to go platinum, you would need 1.5 billion streams from that album for it to get, for it to go platinum. Just from streams, not just from sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first on my list, I'm gonna read this quickly because I know we're out of time. Lil Yachty, mm -hmm. 
one of one of my least favorites. Um, his top single was uh, One Night in 2016, single went platinum. And then I also counted their features, right? Because, you know, if they're on an album, they're, they're part of that. I mean, if they're on somebody's song, they're part of that too. There was, a, there was a dude called Kyle. I never heard from him again. He just had the one song. And I just know that song because I ended up on all the worst song lists of that year. He had a song called I Spy with this dude called Kyle. And that went six times platinum. And then he had, there was a song called Broccoli with Dram, D-R-A-M. Yeah, I remember that song. They had it all in capital, so I figured that's probably an acronym for something. That song went seven times platinum. Okay. The last song that he had that was certified was Oprah's Bank Account in, in 2020. Now, he cut three singles in 2021. So far, none have been certified. Okay. So he had a little bit of success coming down the line, and then 2021... Not so much. Little Pump. Well, he's almost my least favorite. Actually, he's my least favorite of them all. Uh, his top single was Gucci Gang in 2017. Uh, went five times platinum. Any song he was featured on, none of them were certified. And then he was last certified in 2018 with the single Arms Around You with Tentacion. He has cut 11 singles since then. None of them are certified, and most of them didn't chart. Uh, Lil Xan, uh, he now he was one of the least successful of this group that I put together. Okay, he had a single from a song called Betrayed back in 2017. That single went platinum. Uh, none of his feature songs were certified. The last, uh, the last time he was certified was in 2017, and that was for Betrayed. He cut 26 singles since then, none of them certified. So he is possibly the least successful of that group as far as the longevity, like he fizzled out fast. Kodak Black, <laughs> my boy, sarcastically. Um, his top single was a song called ZZ, if I'm pronouncing that right, Z-E-Z-E. -E. That came out in uh, 2018. That song was five times platinum. And his top feature was Drowning with a Boogie with a Hoodie. If I'm pronouncing that, if I'm saying, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's with the hoodie or a hoodie. It's, it's a, no, that part was right. It was just like a, a boogie sounds like a, a booger. It's a boogie. A boogie. Like, I don't know that that should make a difference, but it's, yeah, it is said as a boogie with the hoodie rather oh. than the boogie. <laughs> yeah, I think he has a song called. I don't know why that tickled me so much, but yes. Yeah, that guy. Mm -hmm. my, my, my nephew, uh, you know, he's uh, he, he turned 18 this year. And uh, I, he's on Spotify. So I see some of the songs he listens to. And then I, mm -hmm. I, then I'm like, imagine like if, when you listen to mumble rap, imagine me judging you. <laughs> but there was a song called 24 Hours. Now, the song I know called 24 Hours is by Farrah Monch featuring uh, Lil Fame from M.O.P. And that's on that's on my regular playlist. I love that song. And I was like, "Oh, you listen to Faramont? I'm, I'm gonna send him some songs." And then it was, "Oh, it was a boogie with uh, a boogie with a hoodie." And I was like, "Nah, whatever." But that song he did with the boogie with a hoodie was five times platinum. A song called "Drowning." Kodak Black was last certified in 2018 for a single called "Calling My Spirit." That was double platinum. He's he's dropped nine singles since then. None of them certified. So. Mm. Lil Uzi Vert, 
Now, here is here is some of the people who, not so much Uzi, but I'll, I'll go over it in a moment. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert, his top selling single was, uh, and I'm probably, I don't know these, these names of these songs, XO Tour Life. Um, yeah, that one was a big one. That was a smash. Yeah, that was seven times platinum. Uh, top feature was Bad and Bougie with the Migos. I forgot to write down how many uh, how many times it went platinum. It was multi-platinum single. It was a big single for Migos. Oh, yeah. And then the last time he was certified was actually this year. So he did have a, a certified single this year, a song called His and Hers, and that song went gold. And then last but not least on the list, and this one is a little bit complex for me, 21 Savage. I think that Savage came... I don't like Savage like that to, for me to be like, yeah, you know what? I like him now. I, I hate him less. And for an old, crusty, old head like me, that's the best you're going to get. I tried listening to his last album, the I Am Greater Than I Was. And I was like, I listened to like the first, like the first song I think had J. Cole on it. So I, I kind of stuck around for a couple of songs. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to listen to this no more. But his top single was uh, Bank Account in 2017. That went six times platinum. And then in 2019, uh, a lot. I think that was a song he had with, um, with J. Cole. And that went five times platinum. Um, his top feature was Rockstar with Post Balone. And that, that song went 10 times platinum. Post Malone is basically like a pig pen from Charlie Brown just decided, you know what, I should be a rapper and a singer. And then that's basically what happened. Now, he hasn't been certified since last year. He had a platinum single called Mr. Right Now with Drake, which is a platinum single. Now, I will say this about Uzi Vert and about 21 Savage. Uh, I haven't checked up on him lately. I know Uzi had some issues with his label to the point where I believe Jay-Z might have had to step in to help out. Don't quote me on that. And I know with 21 Savage, he had some issues about his um, his nationality. If I'm correct, he was a British citizen. Yeah, like I forgot, he came from like an island that was colonized by British by the British government. So technically, he was considered a British national. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he did have some um, immigration issues. Daisy did. You're you're correct in saying that. Uh, help him with those, and uh, Jay Z basically told him like, "Don't worry about paying me back." Uh, he he said like something to the effect of like, "Be great," I guess, which was like his way of pay it forward. Yeah, I figure like this. J Cole is my measuring stick. I love J Cole, so I'm like, you know, if if he if he's messing with Savage. I'm like, okay, it's worth a listen. I can listen to a, I can give you a couple of streams <laughs> of your album. <laughs> but, you know, I will say at least with listening, at least a few songs I listened to from Savage, it wasn't that different, but it wasn't like it was when he first came out, you know? And Uzi, his stuff is unlistenable to me, but I'm just going to imagine that the fact that people are still messing with them is just the fact that they've evolved a bit. You know, you can't, you know, there was a, a group called um, Sepultura, metal band, and their philosophy was never make the same album twice. You know, a lot of these rappers nowadays, they carbon copy these albums because it sells. 
and they're in the business to make money. You know, I, and I think my thing is my, my, my romance with rap was that, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, people just wanted to be the best or put out fun records. Like if you were like Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, Rob Bass was basically not trying to be a lyrical genius. He just wanted to make good party music and he did. You know, or even somebody like a Lil John. I can never be mad at Lil John. The, 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 the crunk stuff, it's fun. You know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, Lil John, his lyrics are whack. No, I don't care. It's fun. Get in the club, throw bottles, you know, Stuff, whatever, whatever they do at clubs. I don't know. I haven't been to a club in years, but um, <laughs> please don't throw those bottles. You're gonna hurt someone, and they're expensive. But um, every, like everything has its purpose. But when you have yeah. someone like Kodak Black talk about, oh, I'm better than Biggie and Tupac, and you putting out the the shit that you put out, I'm like, no, you're not. Why would you say that? You know. I remember, um, God, what was his name? His name's on the tip of my tongue. But he had a chance to kind of bridge the, the whole divide between mumble rappers and, and I'll just call them regular rappers. God, his name's on the tip of my tongue. But um, he was going to come out and do uh, Get Money from uh, Junior Mafia. And, mm-hmm. he, and he and he gets on stage. He was wearing like the 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 the, the sweaters that Biggie helped make popular and everything. And he forget Kooji sweaters, yeah, yeah. And, and he he forgets the words. And I was just like, oh, you ruined it. That was that was our last chance <laughs> to make peace, and you ruined it. <laughs> but I think to me, music like that has a shelf life. You know. You figure Adele just came out with a new album and her lead single, I don't know when it came out. The single came out before the album, but the single already has on Spotify alone, almost 300 million streams. I can believe it. She she has a tendency too to like, you know, take long breaks. It's been six years since the last album. So people are definitely ready for content. The one thing I was disappointed in her in, and this is a very, 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 very trivial thing, is that a few years back, she said that she was no longer going to name albums by her age because, you know, her first album was 19, the big one was Mm -hmm. 21, and the next one was 25. And then this one was named 30. And I was just like, oh, I thought she was going to name it something. (laughs) Fine. It's still going to sell a gajillion copies. I kind of like that idea, though, because it's like you have this, like, who you were at 19 is definitely not the same person you are at 30. So I like that idea, honestly, but whatever. Yeah. She's allowed to change her mind, but I really like that idea, that concept, you know? Yeah. And like I said, it's an extremely trivial thing. But I think music like like that has a, it has a shelf life and it has a very short shelf life. So you figure Lil Pump and Lil Xan were the biggest examples of that, you know? Uh, you know, they haven't had certified singles in years. And Lil Xan cut 26 singles since 2017 and couldn't get any to get certified. Now, granted, he was the least uh, the least successful of that group. Lil Pump, he sold a lot of singles. And then now he can't, he, now he can't give them away. 
you know, because he's still singing about I got a Bugatti and I go to the store and I, I put uh, 20 on my wrist and I got I shove cocaine up my ass and all that other bullshit. And it's basically it's the same record over and over. Same songs over and over. At and least- that's why Drake is on his way out. I'm calling it right now. His music has not evolved. Yeah. I mean, you listen to somebody like Nas, right? And the content, I mean, even, even somebody like Eminem, right? You listen to Eminem's first couple albums and, you know, he's talking about like this crazy off the wall stuff. And now he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to be a lyricist and just kick lyrics all day. You know, just kick punchlines all day. And he had the punchlines, but he also had the, the weird, you know, he put a lot of his personal issues on the record, like the song Kim, where he kills his girlfriend, you know, or uh, just the two of us where he kills his girlfriend. <laughs> I see a trend here. <laughs> but, and then uh, on the Relapse album where he was doing a whole, you know, one of my friends called it Serial Killer Marshall Mathers. <laughs> you know, he had a song called Same Song and Dance where he fantasized about like killing all these famous women. But, you know, after, uh, you know, he tried to get political with Revival, didn't really work out. You know, but he tried new things, you know, he even made a couple of pop songs, you know, he had a song with, with, a, with a Rihanna that was really big and, you know, he evolved, you know, I mean, he's always been a lyrical genius, but his content is, is shifted around a bit and it, it keeps it a little bit fresh, you know, uh, but Lil Zan still talking about, you know, I wake up, I throw up. And I'm like, no one wants to hear that shit anymore. Kodak Black, Lord knows what he talks. I can't understand the word this dude says. So Lord knows what he's talking about, but it ain't selling no more. I know he had his legal issues. He just got out of jail. You know, because Trump pardoned him. <laughs> yeah, but he also said bring Trump back. Um, so I'm wondering if, if he's at board trouble or if he's just trolling, either way, I'm good on him. Yeah. I'm not paying him any mind. This is the same man that grabbed his mama's butt, so he's a weirdo. Yeah. Oh. One more quick thing before we wrap up. You ever have a ba- I don't, I don't. You're not a basketball fan, right, Odie? A what? Basketball fan. Mm, no, I was a Ray Allen fan. <laughs> Fair enough. There was a, uh, there's a basketball player out of Turkey named Enos Cantor, right? He's a pretty good center, right? He was on the Knicks for a couple of years. He got into a beef with LeBron James over uh, LeBron and his shoe deals, right? So he had a tweet. Let me see if I can find his tweet. Uh, here it goes, okay. So he says, money over morals for the king. And he says, sad and disgusting how these athletes pretend they care about social justice. They really do shut up and dribble when, when Big Boss says so. And he says, do you, did you educate yourself about the slave labor that made your shoes? Or is that not part of your research? Right? Now, and it's because I think he had these shoes where, um, I don't even know if, uh, basically, I don't even want to, get into these shoes because I don't know if these are Cantor's shoes or whatever 
anyway, I'm not that big a basketball sneaker fan. I haven't been since I was a teenager. But anyway, uh, here's the thing about Enos Cantor. Now, I know there are a lot of people who take pop shots at LeBron all the time because he's the best basketball player on the planet, right? So, of course, mm-hmm. you're going to take pop shots at him. That's what, that's, what they, that's what happens to you when you're on top. Here's the thing about that, though. Enos Cantor, this is from uh, Bleacher Report from 2018. Okay. Uh, let me see here. If I, let me just go quick. Let me go, go quick to, the, to the, the, the cut to the chase on this. But long story short, Enos Cantor tried to get a shoe deal with Nike, right? But <laughs> uh, because he came out of Turkey and because he's outspoken against Turkey's dictator, um, Nike basically told him, yeah, I could give you a shoe deal, but then they'll just shut down all the Nike stores in Turkey. You know? So no shoe deal for you, kid. So, um, oh, actually, here it is. Hold on. The emotional toll is obvious, but Cantor's sacrifice is evident elsewhere. He can't leave North America, and he hasn't been able to secure any endorsement deals. Nike, the same company that championed Colin Kaepernick's controversial uh, demonstration by putting him on the front lines of a recent ad campaign, now refuses to sign Cantor. He says, I talked to Nike, and they said, we want to give Enos a contract. We're watching him. But if we give him a contract, they will shut down every store in Turkey. So we cannot give him a contract, he says. He says, I'm an NBA player with no shoe deal, no endorsement deal, and I play in New York. He was in the Knicks at that time. Now, here's the thing about that. If he, if they said, hey, Enos, we want to give you a contract, and he said, no, because you use slave labor in China, and then he was ragging on LeBron James, mm-hmm. I could respect that. But he sure. wanted a shoe deal and couldn't get it. And now he's mad at LeBron James because LeBron James is a billionaire with a shoe deal. Here's, here's LeBron's response. This is from, uh, what's it, Sunday? This was from Friday, right? Because they played, because uh, now Enos is on the, on the Celtics and they played recently. LeBron's response, he's definitely not someone I would give my energy to, admitted the Lakers star, trying to use my name to create an opportunity for himself. He's always kind of had a word or two to say in my direction. He said, as men, if you got an issue with somebody, you come up to them. He had his opportunity tonight. I saw him in the hallway and he walked right past me. So Enos Cantor is full of shit, is what he is. And I guess he figures if he play, and then don't get me wrong, I don't want to say he plays a bleeding knee role because he had a hard time getting out of Turkey. Matter of fact, at one point he was detained because the Turkish government canceled his, uh, his passport. So, yeah, I, I can, I feel for him, but this whole thing with him and LeBron, he's just trying to be an opportunist. And just the fact that he saw LeBron didn't say shit to him. Yeah, he's just, a, he's just, he's just an Instagram talker. He doesn't walk the walk, you know. I mean, we all, we all want to speak out, well, most of us want to speak out against human rights uh, violations and stuff like that. We do, you know. But the thing is, is that when you have a chance, like if he walked up to LeBron and said, hey, LeBron, maybe we should get down and talk and, you know, see if there's another way uh, to help force Nike to do the right thing. That's one thing. But to run your mouth on, on Instagram 
and then see the man in the hallway and just walk past him. Yeah, you know what? Fuck you, Enos Cantor, you jackass. You, 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 you're, you're, you're faking the funk, man. You're just faking the funk. But the only, the one fun thing I always try, we always try to end the show on something fun. Um, All right. Delroy Lindo, one of my favorite actors, is going to be in a new Blade movie that's going to come out. They estimate about mm-hmm. 2023. You know, uh, Mashara Ali. Whose name, whose first name, I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing. Uh, he was in, he was in, he was in Green Book, I believe. And you know, yeah, um, Marshall, it's very for me. It's easy to say his name because he looks like a Hershey candy bar. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I see his name, and it reads like Hershey's to me. So Marshall, yeah, very good looking man. If I keep pronouncing his name wrong, it's basically just because. I'm a moron sometimes, but um, it's, it's not out of any disrespect because I like him as an actor. I think he's great. Oh, yeah, I think, and, I, and, and I think he's going to be a great Blade. And when I first heard they were going to redo Blade without Wesley Snipes, I was like, no. And then I then they got him and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. I finally just saw the first Blade, by the way, like uh, sometime before Halloween. So just, How'd you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, looking forward to watching more. I, I'm not really sure how I feel about watching more because I heard the black lady's not in any of those, so I'm not really a fan of that. But I did, oh, I talk- did like oh, it. Oh, you're talking about um, Boucher, right? I don't know her name. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, she- the girl, the girl that he helped, is, she was trying to help come up with the cure. That I wouldn't wanna, kill him. I want to say she retired from acting. Don't quote me on that, though. Oh, okay. Because I wonder what happened yeah. to her in the. I would say watch Blade Two for sure because Blade Two was excellent. Um. Uh, what's his name directed it? Uh, not I keep wanting to say Benicio del Toro. <laughs> the guy no, who I'm directed sure it was not him. <laughs> no, definitely not him. The guy who directed the the Shape of Water. Uh, I tried mm-hmm. to get one of his older movies on my list for my horror movies. He did a movie called um, The Devil's Backbone, but the problem is is that because he's from Mexico and that movie was Mexican. I could not get the, um, when I tried to rip it, I couldn't get the sound to come out right. So I could mm. not get the, I couldn't get either, either it came out with, in other words, I couldn't get to come out in English, even though they had the English part in there. And then I couldn't get the subtitles to come up because I would have just watched it with the subtitles, but I couldn't get the subtitles to come up. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna have to, pay. and it wasn't available to, to, to rent on, um, on streaming. I would have just rented it and I was just like you know what I'll just have to let it go but his last name is Del Toro and um he directed Blade 2 and Blade 2 runs like a little bit more of a horror movie as well that's an excellent sequel definitely watch that you do not have to watch Blade Trinity at all Blade Trinity I think I've told the story on the air before but Patton Oswalt who guest starred in the movie talked about because Wesley Snipes and the director did not get along they said he sat in his trailer all day smoking weed. He would not refer, he would only be referred to as Blade. So if you called him by any other name, he wouldn't even respond to you. And the only way he'd communicate- Yeah, he was really into that, yeah. And the only way that he would communicate with the director is he would write stuff on post-it notes and give to the director. He wouldn't talk to the director directly. And any scene that he deemed to be too stupid, he wouldn't do it. So they had to get body doubles and then like, uh, superimposes face on him for those scenes. So 
the the whole production was an absolute nightmare you know but um i did not know this and as a comic fan but then i remembered you know what i never watched i never read those old like tomb of dracula and werewolf by night comics when i was younger and that's where blade kind of came up in that whole you know horror genre back in the 70s but um because at first i was like well is he is he gonna be playing whistler you know is whistler gonna be black no whistler was already black so his character was named i i didn't I didn't write it down, unfortunately, named Jamal something. And then they basically, and I don't want to call it whitewashed because we, you know, we go through that whole thing back and forth. And I think only in certain instances, well, I will call something whitewashed, like uh, John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. That's whitewashed, <laughs> you know, uh, fictional characters don't count as being whitewashed to me. But for some reason, New Line Cinema, who did that movie, wanted Blade and uh, Jamal to be white. And they were just like, why? Why would you do that? You know? So they got Chris Christopherson to play the character. And of course, they, had, they changed his name to Abraham Whistler, you know, for, you know, because a white guy named Jamal would be kind of a, I don't want to call it an insult, but it's improbable. But then they got Wesley Snipes to play Blade. And they're like, okay, good, we'll go with that. But the, the studio wanted them to both be white. That would have been terrible. I thought. Because I know Blade is black. I didn't know, because when I first saw Blade yeah. full time, I saw him in the comics. I'm not in the comics, in the cartoons. Like he was in the old Spider-Man cartoons in the 90s and stuff like that. And he was in some of those old, you know, those older cartoons. So I know that Blade was black. So making him white would have just been like, That'd have been stupid, but at least they're going back to the roots and then they're going to make him black again. And they got Delroy Lindo to play him. So I'm like, I was already going to go see it. Now I'm really, really going to go see it. And hopefully this COVID will be past this COVID bullshit so I could see it in the first week like I'd want to. Odie, did you have any, any good stories, any, anything positive that came across your desk this week? I don't know about positive, but uh, Boosie is going to be enrolling in uh, it's an HBCU. Hold on, let me make sure I get the name right. Jackson State, which is also where um, Deion Sanders is coaching. <sighs> so, so, so who's doing this? Boosie, little Boosie. Really? Oh, okay. Hey. Um, that's about as positive. That's about as positive as <laughs> Hey, you know what? But gram grammatically correct is going to reach out and offer her services and see if he'll be willing to pay for them. Okay. I'm sure he'll pay quite a bit for me to write a paper or two for him, sure. That works. That works. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he calls you back. So, but all right. Um, what are your final thoughts? Uh, yeah, as far as, uh, my, my citizenship is still a thing. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All, all I'll say before we wrap up is, and I know like your window of opportunity is closing because now they're opening up the booster shots to everybody. And I, I kind of missed my, and this was totally my fault. Uh, 
I wanted to get my booster shot before Thanksgiving. Now I am I now I am vaccinated, but I was really hoping to get a booster shot and I I have stepped and you know, I'm not gonna be able to do it before Thanksgiving, which kind of sucks. But you know, I'm still gonna get it because I'm I'll probably, you know, maybe I'll see more people at Christmas time than at Thanksgiving time. So hey, so long as I get it soon, I'll get it. So if you got a chance to get your booster, get your booster. If um if you can get your kids vaccinated, get your kids vaccinated. Because winter is coming. And for some people, it's already here. So we got the flu on top of everything else. So if you're high risk, you know, you're, it's probably in your best interest to get your flu shot as well. But talk to your doctor to find out if all that, you know, if you're getting a booster and a flu shot, you know, how that's going to work for you, you know, talk to your doctor and, and, you know, make sure you're just making the right decisions here. But definitely get your booster shots you know, if you haven't already had them. I mean, if you had your shots back in May, unfortunately, my I talked to my dad the other day, he has to wait another month before he can get his booster. Yeah. Because he didn't get his second shot until the summertime. Because it was, it was, and he had to go, he lives in Long Island, he had to go all the way to, to the aqueduct racetrack <laughs> to get it done, which is like 40 minutes away. So, um, but he, but last I talked, he, uh, he and my brother are trying to get their booster shots. And hopefully get it someplace closer. Yeah, so, um, somebody that had, I had mine, but that's because we had Johnson and Johnson, so we were eligible sooner than mm, most people. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, the only thing I had was like swelling and itchiness at the shot site. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, it was pretty mild. So it wasn't like anything that would stop you from doing your regular everyday stuff. Um, right. But yeah, that was as bad as it got for me. So I encourage you to do it. I mean, see it through until this thing is gone. Yeah, I'm very lucky. My job, ha I have a bank of COVID time. So basically, if if I can't get my booster shot on the weekend, which is what I'm shooting for, I could just take a couple hours off and still get paid for it to go and get my booster shot. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, everybody have a great day. And uh, if we don't talk to you, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had ours early, so we had all the good treats, but yeah. Anyway, we'll see you next week, guys. All righty.